It's time for building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. From tabletop game design. The fun forever It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, July 5th, and you're listening to episode 475. As always, I am your host, Jason. Today, joined by one of my longtime friends in the industry, uh, somebody I've worked with a few times, uh, Mark Spector. Hey, Mark, how's it going? It's uh, it's excellent. I mean, I'm the luckiest guy alive, so I'm excited to be back on Building the Game. Ah, good to have you back. It's been, it's been a while. For anybody that doesn't know Mark, he is the owner of uh, Grand Gamers Guild, uh, and he's been around the block a few times with other big projects worked with um you've worked quite a bit with burnt island games correct and uh yep. yeah so yeah it's good it's good to have you back it's good to be had <laughs> so what do you uh what you been up to lately uh mostly reorganizing my game shelves i just moved about a month ago three weeks ago somewhere in there and mm-hmm. basically i have I came from a very, very big house. I moved to a tiny apartment in which my games spent about 18 months in boxes in my garage. Mm -hmm. And now I am taking them all out and uh, reducing eight shelves of games down to about two shelves of games, which is a uh, excruciating process. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Getting rid of games is one of the hardest. Yeah. It's, it's just tough figuring out, you know, um, cause like you, you do this thing, right. Where like, you're like, I haven't played this, like, you're like, I haven't played this game in a long time. I should get rid of it. Be like, oh, but I really want to play this game. Oh, gosh, exactly. oh, I kind of want to play it right now. And you're not you're <laughs> probably not going to. But you're like, it's really hard to get rid of this game now because I want to keep it. At least that's what happens to me. So 100 <laughs> percent. It is. Uh, it's a challenge. So it's, it's the you know shelf of potential. I had the same thing with books, too. And um, for years, I lugged around boxes of books from apartment to house to house to house. And those things are heavy. They're not as bulky mm-hmm. yeah, as board games, but they are heavier than board games. And eventually I just said, you know what? That's why the library exists. I'm going to give these to my friend. She can pop them on eBay and she can just send me money when she uh, sells things. Nice. Yeah. I uh, Books have never been something, I, I guess for a while I had quite a few books, but um, uh, really like I tried my best to just not like keep lots. Like there are like three or four books that I always want to have, like. Cause I like, I, I know I might go back and read them, but other than that, I'm like, you know what? Amazon or wherever, it's usually not that expensive. I could always order another copy if I really wanted to, and I could read this book again. Um, exactly. And so, the other thing is you have to ask yourself, am I going to miss this when it's gone? Like, right. yeah, it's easy to say when you're holding it in your hand, oh, I can't get rid of this. But right. if it wasn't in your hand. One day, are you going to wake up and go, oh, where's that thing? No, you're probably not. You're going to go right. to the things you already have. So who cares? Yep. It's all stuff. It is. Yeah. I, I Every year, I force myself. I have like these Rubbermaid totes of like old stuff from like that I've had since childhood or since like early on. And um, and I've got I started probably with 15 of them. And every year, I make myself go through all of them and, and at least condense down by one. Right. And That's now. Impressive. Yeah, and now I'm down to about five. So, Dang. um, and I still am confident that I could go through and probably get it down a little more. We've actually hit the stage where my wife has more than I do. Uh, <laughs> now I can't call her out for this because I have more of everything else. <laughs> like when it Fair comes enough. to too much of stuff, I always have too much of everything else. But in that case, that's like my one small victory. Uh, that I have less. Plus, I uh, I still have kids that are young enough to have lots of toys and stuff. So, you know, I know you passed that phase probably where you have less, you know, bajillions of toys and stuff sitting around. So that I know is is fairly freeing when you get to that point. You know, my kids are still at the age where they're like, oh, I still play with this. Don't get rid of it. You know, yeah. So, yeah, my kids are pretty much into their phones and their video game machines. So. Right, right. Yes, my my kids are into the into the video games, uh, but they still very much like their physical toys as well. So there will come a day when that is not the case. And while I will true. be sad that they will have aged, I will be glad that the toys are gone. It is, <laughs> it is bittersweet. No, yes. So uh, so we had you on the show today. Um, 
<clears throat> to chat about some specific stuff as as usual. Uh, one of the things that we've we've touched on kind of like in small conversations and stuff, but but really felt like it was a good thing to dive into. And I wanted a publisher perspective for sure on this is is the return to cons. Um, you know, yeah, it, it was very like for the last, I would say, six months or so, the return to cons have been this like this, you know, someday thing, right? Like, well, when I can go back to cons, right? The pot um, of gold at the end of the rainbow. Exactly, right? Exactly, right? That is a great way to put it. And and what ended up happening was, you know, people's, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do this. And then now it's kind of like, well, guess what? Cons are opening back up again. Um, what do you actually want to do? And, you know, and that uh, that changes things. I mean, we're hearing Gen Con, you know, Origins, um, potentially Grand Con and lots of other things, you know. Uh, are SN. Back up. yeah SN, yeah packs you um so so with the with the you know all of these things coming back it's um it's just really uh it forces us uh as me just as a designer it forces me to start making some decisions but as a publisher it forces you to make a heck of a lot more decisions a heck of a lot faster and to put your money where your mouth is on some of those decisions um so yeah, so I thought it would be a fun discussion to kind of uh, to chat about that. So I guess, what are your initial thoughts on, you know, your feelings on the idea of being able to go back to cons again? And, you know, how are you feeling about that? Right. So I was as adherent to the uh, mandates of COVID and the pandemic as anyone can be. I went out limitedly. I wore a mask when I did. I frequented establishments only as I needed to. And, um, and when things started opening back up, it was pretty slow, but mm -hmm. I am itching to get back to conventions. I yeah. am confident in the, uh, in the vaccination policy as it stands nationally and our continued march towards uh, more and more levels of vaccination. I was actually just listening to another podcast this morning that uh, Science Friday that gave some positive uh, indicators for those. And we're still months away from the cons to kick off. Right, um, right. I'm also super happy that most of the conventions seem to be taking it seriously. Um, and the potential for, you know, they don't want to be an event that uh, goes down in history as uh, breathing new life into <laughs> wave wave four of a pandemic or whatever right, we're at. Right. Yeah. yeah um, that's a, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, like, the game community would not take kindly to that for sure. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. And um, and they're capping attendance and they're spacing things out. And um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to get back in the convention hall as a as an exhibitor. Uh, I don't know if you want me to dive right into what we're doing differently, or if you're going to ask me some specific questions. But but yeah, Grand Gamers Guild is ready to get back at it. Yeah. Well, let me just interject real quick. You know, I, myself, like because you know, as a, as a person who wants to attend cons, right. Um, you know, I mean, obviously I'm not just a gamer who wants to go play games, right. I mean, there's the business side of it. Obviously for me, again, it's a lot more flexible in like, I just need to set up some meetings, which should be easier because of the people that are there. Cause obviously there, we are hearing of some publishers that are just not going to go back this year, which I respect. I'm sure you respect as well. Totally. Um, I mean, that's their choice. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, so like for, for me, either there's um, there's just there's a lot of mixed emotions about going back. You know, um, I, I do think a lot of conventions are uh, following are following the best practice guidelines. Um, some aren't, I think, and, and I'd be happy to chat about that later um, as part of this discussion. But yeah, yeah. So I, I too, am, am excited to get back. You know, um, as everybody knows, I've followed the processes just like you have. And we've been very adherent on the show here. Uh, as as hosts, you know, going out into the world, uh, very excited about being vaccinated and in the idea of uh, moving forward with that. Very excited about the idea that someday my kids will be vaccinated and I'll feel even more safe about going to things. Um, you know, I I certainly am. I don't know if I'll go to cons this year or not. I haven't decided. Um, I, I've said no in the past, but like I said, we now hit that magical point where it's like, well, now you have to decide and. And the numbers took a trajectory that I don't think I expected um, because I was being pretty, uh, pretty gloomy about the forecast um, because we have a lot of dumb people in America that did a lot of dumb things. And 
and science has still prevailed somehow magically mm-hmm. um so so yeah yeah so I, i'll talk about a little bit more about that later but i just wanted to throw that out there but yeah i would love to hear um you know which cons y'all are planning on and you know what also yeah what what you're doing to try to um to try to to keep things safe and good for yourself, your employees, your customers. Yeah. So let's let's jump into that. Sure. So um, Grand Gamers Guild will be in attendance at Gen Con, Origins, Essen, and PAX Unplugged. Yes, that is aggressive. Um, but uh, but uh, the truth is, I love going to conventions. There is nothing better than being able to say hello to all the friends I've made over the past 20 years. There is nothing better than having backers come up to my stand and say, oh yeah, I supported you on Kickstarter. I mean, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And, um, and you know, spending that whole day exhausting myself in the best of ways, uh, selling fun. Um, you may have heard me <laughs> right. say before, I spent 20 years selling insurance. That was not fun. I... <laughs> get to sell fun every day of the week now. And it is what I love to do. Um, so yeah, so we're going to be at all four yeah, major conventions. I suppose you could call them. Um, they're the first three are like really close together, two weeks apart, and it's going to be insane in the best of ways. And then we get a bit of a reprieve and then it'll be uh packs unplugged. Um, in so far as what we are doing as a company to keep, you know, keep ourselves and our customers safe. Um, the conventions themselves put out bulletins weekly, um, assuring us and uh, as as exhibitors, and I get the consumer ones too, that they are, you know, they're paying attention to their local regulations and, and early in the year, Gen Con at least put out a survey as to how you felt about things at that time and what would make it okay Mm -hmm. for you to attend a convention. For my team, uh, every one of us is going to be vaccinated and, you know, we'll have masks on hand. And if somebody wants us to put on a mask, sure, why not? Um, I don't know that we'll put masks on all day long because I, I mean, from what I understand of the science, as long as everyone's vaccinated, it uh, significantly mitigates your uh, your experience of the disease if you catch it. Um, in the best of worlds, everyone coming through the door is vaccinated and not a carrier and we all move forward. Um Other than that, one of the huge changes is that for years I have run an event team called Grand Gaming Academy that has done demos in the halls, Um, you know, 150, 200 events per convention. Um, We're not doing any events this year. Part of that is by our choice. Part of that is by convention choice. Um, and And I say that because Gen Con specifically, I wanted to do a single event, a Gorinto um competition, uh, you know, like a bracket contest. Oh yeah. um, yeah, yeah. Unless you are an event team running a lot of events, they're actually not allowing onesie twosies. So, uh, so they told me no. Yeah. And that's okay. I imagine if we had gone there with the full on team that, uh, we might've been able to run our normal slate of events, but it wasn't something I really wanted to do. I wanted to keep our exposure, uh, both our commercial exposure and our, disease exposure limited to the exhibitor hall. Um, of course we're going to drink lots of water and get plenty of rest. And, um, you know, I can't make anyone take, uh, immune system boosting vitamins, but, uh, I'll probably beef up on those personally and have them available to my team. We always have cough drops on hand to help keep our voices, uh, smooth and, and, uh, that's a common problem. Yes. But, um, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll take all the normal precautions and then some extra ones. Um, obviously, have hand sanitizer for both ourselves and any customers that want to use it. Um, and I'm sure everyone else will have it as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it, it'll be great. It's going to be great. I'm curious. So that all sounds like, yeah, it sounds like y'all are doing a lot for that. Um, I was curious. I hadn't looked like, does is Gen Con requiring or some of the others, are they requiring vaccination? Or no, is it just encouraged? Or I wonder how that works. I'm kind of working from memory now. I don't think they can require vaccination. Um, I think what I most recently read, and I'm really reaching here, is that they are going to do temperature checks um, coming in every day. And then, of course, you know, enforce local uh, yeah, local right, law. Yeah. Which in Indiana, I'm sure, are nil. So... <laughs> 
Yeah, it may be. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what their rates are and um, I don't know what, uh, you know, uh, strictures they've imposed. Right, right. Um, yeah, I didn't know. I guess I just kind of figured that places like Gen Con would require that everyone was masked. Well, they you can know, require uh, that, you know. Um, that, I, I believe that's true, um, which if that's what they require, then obviously we'll wear masks all oh, day well, long. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're not um, going <laughs> to... Right. We're not going to flout the convention and then get our butts, uh, put on the, put on the, on the floor. Um, but, um, yeah, the survey earlier in the year, you know, was everything from, you know, vaccination to masks, to sanitization stations, you know, whatever we wanted to see. And I do believe they are obviously going to follow law and then do what they feel is appropriate in terms of general population comfort. I mean, honestly, in the best of worlds, I'll be honest, I would love to see them require vaccination. I just don't think it's legal. And it is what it is. So um, we'll we'll carry on. Yeah, I I will say for anyone who still wears a mask, we still wear a mask um, when we go out places uh, simply because our kids aren't vaccinated yet. Um, But what we have done that has been amazing is you can now get KN95 masks uh, because there's an abundance of them because lots of people make them now uh, because we've realized they're really good. So we ordered those. And uh, I'll tell you what, like they work really well. Uh, They fit comfortably over your ears, unlike some of the other ones. Uh, And like, I don't know, it just like we did the double mask thing for a while um, because, you know, we have the homemade cloth mask and we just throw a disposable on under it. Um, but with the can 95, it fits better. Um, I, I feel better about it. Um, and you know, uh, I know it's working cause like you take a deep breath and it like literally sucks the mask to your face. <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's sealed good. Um, so anyways, yeah, though. So if you're going to conventions and you need to wear masks, uh, I highly recommend that, uh, so much more comfortable. And, uh, obviously a lot of the statistics around masks uh, have shown that KN95s are the gold standard, right? Which makes sense because that's what they use in medical, uh, you know. Um, so, so yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm happy to hear that conventions like Gen Con are taking it very seriously. You know, I remember doing the survey and the survey, it was like a different world when we were taking that survey, right? It really was. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, I had said, like, if you require vaccinations, I would consider coming um, but I mostly on the survey was like 2022, I'll see you then. Um, and sure. I, and I feel comfortable sticking to that only because again, I've got the young kids at home that aren't vaccinated and well, I know they're pretty much protected just by being young kids. Um, I, it's just a comfort level for myself and my wife, you know? Right. Um, so, but the one thing, so I'm going to point out here, they've got two more questions around what you already said. Um, first I'll say like, what a, international travel like what is that like i haven't even looked into that because so like but you're flying to essen like you can't take a road trip to essen you gotta fly like i know gen con packs if you wanted to you could drive to all those places but not essen uh unless you have like one of those like uh i have a submersible yeah so yes yes then you'll be great take that across the ocean mark it'll be safe exactly Um, so yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of information out there on the web. I actually just came upon a website the other day as a function of one of the travel emails I subscribe to that it stays updated with the incoming and outgoing requirements of visiting every country. Um, talking around Essen for just a second, I had actually considered going to UK Games Expo, but uh, because of the short duration of time I was going to be in the UK and the requirements around that, it just did not make sense. Um, but I still mm-hmm. do get the, uh, I think it's an uh, almost weekly email from the UK looking at how they are recategorizing countries based on their raising and falling levels of infection. Right, um, and right. that's something I'll want to pay attention to. But yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, reading the policies Um paying attention to the official websites, both uh, the United States website for other countries and the other countries' websites, as long as you can read them, because I don't read German. I also have a number of friends and acquaintances in those countries. And in as much as the law may allow me to come in to certain places, I've also been keen to get their bead on things. Will events happen? And is it safe um, from their, you know, on the ground point of view? Right, Um, Right. 
I had an email conversation with the uh, SN folks. They said that the convention is a go. Um, I've talked to uh, friends, some who said yay, some who said nay as to their expectation. And, um, you know, we decided to book tickets. And so, uh, yeah, fingers crossed, things keep staying in the positive direction. And, uh, you know, mid-October, I'll be slinging games on German soil. So, and that, that's awesome, you know. Uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, in 2022, you'll have a reason to take me to Essen. But, uh, sure, that'd be nice. <laughs> but, uh, no, um, so obviously, like, not as a publisher, but if I was a publisher, my hands-on biggest fear, and if I know you pretty well, uh, this is probably your biggest fear too, is that you spend a bunch of money buying a booth at Essen, and then you can't go to Essen because a fourth wave hits and you get blocked from traveling there. Um, so now I see the look on your face change <laughs> from smiling yeah. to not smiling. That, but but that, I mean, that obviously, would be tragic. That, it is unlikely, but who knows, right? Some weird variant pops up. It hits Germany hard. The U.S. says you can't go there. A weird variant hits us hard. It says we can't go to Germany. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious, like, I, I'm not expecting you to have a contingency plan other than, well, we lost money. But like, well, how, how, how does that weigh on you? I mean, I know that you uh, you're you're a planner and you're a backup planner. So I, I know that you've thought about this. So I'm just really curious what what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm also a really positive guy, and I do believe that things will continue on a uh, upward trajectory in the sense that mm -hmm. uh, we're going to get to a better and better place nationally and internationally. Um, yeah, I, I just, you take the plunge and you plan and you plot and you scheme as best as possible, and then you uh, roll with the issues as they come. I mean, truth be told, you know, you can only do so much planning, and you're right. I am a planner. I am a checklist guy. Uh, you know, right. cross it off and get it done and move on to the next task. But, you know, if you really wanted to plan for every contingency ever, you'd never leave your house because anything could happen. Um, and so right, you right. just got to go with the best information you have at hand and make your decisions accordingly. And then hope that, heaven forbid, there is some sort of catastrophic event that the money you've spent isn't completely lost. I mean, I'm sitting on two credits from two different airlines I really don't want to be sitting right. on a third, but right. it is what it is. I mean, another thing is, and, and this, take it as you will, but I mean, this is another reason why I run my business the way I do, which is to say with cash, I don't, mm -hmm. uh, I don't take on debt. I'm very fortunate to live in a time when Kickstarter exists and I can get the support of backers to help move my company right. forward. So, right. um, you know, if I if I had giant bills to pay every month, whether or not I sold a single game, my perspective would be different. Um, I'm a very, very lucky guy um, to be able to work as I do in this time. Right. And I have to imagine um, that places like Essen would say like, hey, we understand you can't be here because of these things. Right. We'll roll your credit over to next year or exactly. I, mean, I know refunds. Just like you, they're a business, right? So like, it can be hard for them to be like, we'll just give you all your money back. <laughs> but they can say, you want to come next year? This will you know, hold your spot for next year. So Right. Yeah. And I did roll my 2020 registration over from every major convention except for UK Games Expo. So okay. those bills were, were already paid, which is kind of nice, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's nice when you're not going to have as much cash in the pandemic year to you know go ahead and have that built in right. for your restart so that's right. great but that was a tough business decision not to take that money back thousands of dollars when we were entering a very precarious situation but um right you right. know like i said i'm a hopeful guy so uh things are shaking out the way i i can't say expected but um <laughs> right, right. you know i think the way we all hoped they would you know we we dipped and now we're, we're rising again and i think too that obviously the idea that um you know, you're working as much as you can on a cash forward basis rather than having to have the debt uh, means that, you know, you don't have to say, give me that money back because I need it because I got to pay some bills over the next year. Right. Right. Um, so that's that's positive. And obviously not every business is in that uh, is in that uh, situation or has the ability to be. But uh, that's very great that you're able to be in that situation that obviously makes some big differences yeah. um, in planning and stuff. And yeah. And, and we as a company have not stopped. I mean, we, you know, we ran the Kickstarter for Aldabas that successfully funded. Um, prior to that, we did Endangered New Species. And that, you know, during the whole pandemic has moved from Kickstarter to pre-production to production and, mm -hmm. and um, is about to hit the seas, which is a whole other mess that we can touch on a little bit if you want. 
Right now, I <laughs> yeah, just have right. my fingers crossed that the product will get to the places I need it to get to. That, so that's a whole other risk. Let's pretend I get to Essen and my product doesn't. Whew, that's right. going to be rough. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but again, smiling at a booth. Hey. Yeah. But, you, you know, you do what you can is what it comes down to. Uh, certainly other right. companies have suffered worse worse than I have uh, with respect to those types of things. Um, and, yeah, and we, yeah, we've continued to, uh, you know, put out product that we want to hand to smiling gamers in exchange for their hard-earned cash. So mm-hmm. we need places to do that. Although, um, you know, we have an online presence. Again, I go back to something I said super early. There's nothing as satisfying as standing in front of an enthusiastic gamer and selling them fun. I, you know, even as not a publisher, just as a designer, like and having worked in your booth many times and other people, and I've also worked in like um, Gr- uh, Green Couch Games booth and other booths over the years. And and I'll tell you what, yeah, that feeling of having somebody come up and be like, oh, I want to buy this game. Like, oh, I really like this game, you know, and, and it's something you worked on. Um, that's that nothing beats that. Right. I mean, that's like, you know, I mean, you said you worked 20 years selling insurance and now you sell fun. And I mean, I worked 20 years designing mortgage technology and now uh and now i design fun <laughs> so so i know the feeling <laughs> well my I, th- I personally and i don't know we're rabbit trailing a bit here and that's okay but at the end of the day all, i think all anyone ever wants to do is have fun that is the goal in this life um and and you know your fun could be doing basic science research your fun could be designing or playing games your fun could be watching tv um you know, get the hard work out of the way and then it's time to mess around and, and have at it. And I just am um, very lucky that board games are the place where I uh, find that on, on both ends, you know, on the right, commercial right, end yeah. as well as the uh, consumer end. That's right. That's right. So the one thing I wanted to say, and I, so I'm not, I'm, I, you're positive. I know you're a positive guy. So, but this is one of the things that popped up as a, as, as a thing that would be concerning to me in the first batch of things you said. Uh, so this is a little bit of a callback here. Um, and I, I want to be clear, there's no judgments, there's no, but this is the first thing that popped in my head was you said three of the conventions you're going to are all within two weeks of each other. Uh, and two weeks is the magic window of exposure to getting sick, right? So mm-hmm. like that, <laughs> to me, I was like, oh no. Yeah, um, it's definitely a risk. Um, I mean, it's a risk both in terms of, I mean, let's pretend we weren't even in the middle of a pandemic. That's exhausting. I might yeah, get, yeah. I mean, I right. Might, there's there's just the physical toll of that. Yep. I mean, I might get sick and run down just because of that grueling biweekly um, output right, of right. energy. But um, it's really a matter of planning and preparation. Like I said, I'm going to mm-hmm. beef up on my uh, immunosupportive vitamins. I'm going to make sure I'm eating healthier. And you could call me a curmudgeon. That's okay. Uh, but at the end of the convention day, You'll almost never find me out and gaming. Um, I know no, that I, sounds oh, I know, terrible. You go to but, dinner, uh, and then usually at you find. In fact, you're. You, I noticed you find a place you like. You continually go to dinner there, so it's easy. And yep. then you just go back to your room unless you have like a meeting, which I know you try not to have in the evening. So yeah, that is pre- yep. And I know that is you know to some a wasted business opportunity. Um, but but yeah, I, you you know me. Wow, man, you, you want to do my well, schedule? See, it, you can. It actually doesn't bother me because um, like what is like of the times that I've needed to have a business meeting with you, I've either gone to dinner with you, uh, which is nice because I know where you are. (laughs) So, uh, but, but no, I've actually, one of the things I don't get with many other publishers is breakfast meetings, right? Because they're more of the let's do it in the evening. But I've had multiple breakfast meetings with you over the years, uh, talking about games we're working on or pitching you things. Um, you know, Isaac and I, the first time we showed you, um, the first time we showed you our game, um, uh, was gosh, two years ago now, it feels like, uh, or oh whatever my gosh, it was. Yeah. It was at Gen ago. Con, right? Yeah. That was a breakfast meeting though. And you it know, sure most was. of the other publishers aren't, aren't rare to go that early, but you are, I don't know that well, I was, um, but I was there. Um, cause I'm also not one of those, like, let's stay till 5am. Like I'm like, it's midnight. I'm going to go to bed now. Um, right. So, so yeah, actually like that is like, that is a thing that I love about the predictability of Mark and his schedules that I can be like, Hey, you want to have breakfast and chat? And you're like, yeah. (laughs) Well, look, I have always been a morning person. I continue to be a morning person. I was up at five 30 this morning, actually. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and I do love breakfast. Huge shout out to, uh, real food cafe in Grand Rapids, especially that one time. Oh, (laughs) so good. So good. Dude, if, if I wanted to, um, you know, 
die in about 10 years, I'd eat there every day of the week. I mean, oh my gosh, <laughs> I love that place. It is ridiculous. Oh, it is it is value. Uh, it is tasty, and it is uh, it is large portion sizes. <laughs> but it's, it's real, incredible. It's really good. Oh my gosh, it's I, so good. I still want to have a like a like a, a, a breakfast gathering of, of gaming people, but we could talk about that offline. Um, anyway, yeah, <laughs> I'm there. I'm, I'm there. I'm Especially a, I'm if awake. it's a real food. <laughs> exactly. I'm awake for breakfast. I love my coffee, and um, and yeah, and then I work my tail off all day long, and I'm just ready to go to bed. Um, in fact, right. that's one of the things right. I like about Essen is uh, there is no, I mean, there is evening gaming, but it's all back at your hotel or wherever you're staying. Right, so right. Um, there's um, a little bit less of an expectation that as a publisher, I'm going to yeah. be working to the wee hours. I mean, sleep is, and, and I listen to a lot of uh, science-y type things and just so much that I listen to and hear says that sleep is so much more than just going to bed. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. crucial to your overall health. I, I don't want to go off on too far a tangent, especially since it's all uh, from memory and, and I'm no science researcher, but yeah. I will say that in, in my anecdotal evidence of this, I will say that of all of my friends that always come back with like, I got con crud, blah, blah, blah. Right. Most of them are the ones that are out super late. They don't sleep. And all I got three hours of sleep last night. Right. Um, the one exception is, of course, Rob, who has the, uh, you know, like Rob just always gets sick. Um, so uh, hi, Rob. You're not listening, but uh, he always gets <laughs> sick at cons. He's always like, oh, I got some weird thing. Like one time he we went to a con and he came back with an ear infection. Um, and I was oh. like, what? what did you do? Like how? Um, but yeah, no, like his like, I, I think the germs see him coming to a con and they're like, oh, we got this guy. Right. Swarm, swarm. Um, which is funny because he's normally not a guy who gets sick that often, but you put him in a con, he's going to get sick. And he's like me. He's not going to be out till 2 a.m. Like he's like, in fact, I tend to stay out later than he does most of the time. So, um, but I, I'm very fortunate of getting enough sleep at cons. And that really, I believe, does help your body uh, fight off, you know, getting getting things like con crud and stuff, you know. Um, so that's we need a vaccine, just an all-in-one vaccine for con crud. Like that would be go. a miracle because obviously con crud is about a, a thousand different viruses you could get. That is true. But, um. So yeah, no, I mean, I, I like I said, I just I love that you all are doing a lot uh, around um, you know being being safe and stuff. Um, so I I want to talk a little bit about uh, an interaction I had, and I am not going to mention any names or anything, uh, because I'm just, I'm just not going to, um, if you are a builder and you want to have a discussion, uh, about it, um, with me, uh, of course, go to our discord channel, uh, just private message me. My messages are open, send me a message and I'll gladly have a chat with you about it. But on the show, uh, I want to just keep this vague. Um, I am confident that, uh, you will, you will know, um, what I'm talking about, uh, cause of interactions you and I've had. Um, but so I did speak to someone running a convention, um, uh, more of a, a more of a regional con. So not huge, but a good size. Um, and I had asked them about safety precautions. Um, and you know, in their big response was, well, uh, the state, uh, is determining, you know, the state that they're in is determining, uh, what precautions need to be. They're determining, uh, what's, uh, what, how open we can be. Uh, if they say we're at a hundred, hundred percent capacity, uh, you know, show up if you feel like it or don't, if you don't. Um, and I was like, I mean, <laughs> okay, well, those are accurate statements. Um, they're super crappy statements, right? Like, uh, as someone who is a uh, very high level in a convention, um, you, uh, I, I feel like you should be a little, uh, more open to talking to people about these sorts of things. But the other thing, the other big thing is like, um, you know, all of the bigger conventions, right? Like you're mentioning Mark here are, are saying, here's the guidelines, but here's what we're doing. Right. Um, and this just felt like a really big schluffing off of, any responsibility. responsibility yeah right to say like yeah no i'm not worried about it like that's that's not my problem if if the state says we can do this we're just gonna do it 
And if people aren't comfortable with that, well, too bad. So, you know, no cap on attendance other than, you know, like the, if the state says they're 100% open um, in, and I don't know what that state's uh, rules are right now, but if, if the state says that, um, then they're 100% open. And the only thing stopping them at that point is, is fire code, right? Um, for how many people you can have. Um, and that is, I don't, I don't, I don't know that just, that was a convention I was considering making a drive to. And now I, I feel like I don't necessarily want to because, um, I don't know. So like, so how, how would that sit with you as a publisher, um, who might be considering, uh, and this is a convention that I I don't believe you would have a booth at. Um, you may have in the past, but I'm just curious, like, um, yeah. How, how would that sit with you? If I, well, if I ran a convention and I did used to run a convention, um, that's true. You did. Yes. I would take cues from the elder statesman, so to speak of, of the, of the game convention industry and mm-hmm. try to follow suit. I mean, there's a reason why Gen Con and origins are, are Uber conventions and that's because they right. cater to their population. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Gen Con with a huge survey, right? I mean, exactly. that was a big deal to say like, hey, thousands of people, we care what you want to say. Exactly. And what your opinions are. Right. Now, from, from an ownership perspective, there is only so much one can enforce, right? Because if you try to enforce mask wearing and somebody stands at the door saying, legally, I don't have to, if, you know, I'm going to cause a ruckus, well, then they may be right. But that doesn't mean you don't make masks available. That doesn't mean you don't space things out. Um, for everyone's comfort. I guess what it comes down to is this. Um, I'm have always been a big fan of the idea that if you give a person a shovel, they will often dig their own grave. Um, <laughs> I've, I've seen it happen time and time again. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you are, and obviously I was not privy to your interaction, so I'm speaking mm-hmm. sort of secondhand here. Right, but, right. you know, if you got a dismissive tone from that interaction, um, that that part is almost more disturbing to me than the policies themselves, because right. like like let's go back to Gen Con. They care what their attendees think. They realize that right. the slate was wiped clean a year ago when they had to pull up stakes and, and leave town, so to speak. And now is the chance to reset things based on, you know, a, a whole new way of being. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that said, um you would think um, anyone in that position would take the opportunity to do the same and to listen to what their uh, customers, their attendees have to say. And, you know, whether those customers be exhibitors or, um, or uh, what's the, I mean, just non-exhibitor attendees um, and then behave accordingly, because that's going to be the opportunity to make, you know, people comfortable. And that's what you need for people to show up. They have to be comfortable. Right. And in, I mean, like, and the other thing, like, I, I sort of agree with all of that. Absolutely. And the dismissive tone is, I think, one of the things that stuck with me the most. Two, two thoughts on that. One, if you're dealing with someone, like, if you were dealing with, like, a publisher or something like that, right? Like, would you have that dismissive tone? Because if you did, right? Like, there's the chance that the publisher says, makes a public statement that says, hey, I'm not going to this convention. Uh, and here's why, right? Um... Like, just like when you're talking to a podcaster, I mean, like, luckily I'm a nice guy, right? Like I could, I could just be talking about all the details on this. Um, in, in, like I said, I mean, I care about my friend's safety. So if a friend of mine or a listener asked me directly, I'll tell them, you know? Um, but I mean, I could, I could share the messages and things like that. And, and, and I don't, I, I want to be clear. I'm not like, don't mean that like as in a threatening way. Like, it's just what I'm saying is like, right. Like, I could call out this convention publicly and and I'm not because, um, yeah, I just, I don't know that I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Um, uh, but I do care enough about people's safety that I of course would say something if asked, but yeah, the dismissive tone really, really is a put off to me. Um, and like seeing like, Oh, they're reading my messages and they're not responding. And then I'm like, there was some argument over some information and that's how this whole conversation started was like, Hey, this says this, this says that, um, this is conflicting. And they were like, no, it's not. And I was like, but it is. And they said, no, you're, I don't know what you're looking at, but you're wrong. So I was like, well, here's a screenshot of what I'm looking at. And they were like, that, that shouldn't be there. We got rid of that. You're wrong. And I was like, 
but I literally gave you a screenshot. I could go grab it again if you want. It's I bet I bet if I went and looked now, it's still there. Oh, that's um, funny. So and that could be a Facebook issue. I I don't know, but I I I tend to believe it's a lack of detail issue. But so but the other thing, and this is what really like. So this is an example of this is a, here's an example from Michigan that's got nothing to do with gaming, um, but has everything to do with a. Um, a local organization uh, out of Grand Haven. And I will name names on this because screw these people. I have no friends here. Um, so there was this, like, in this sparks, I'm trying to speak to the dismissive tone and the idea of being like, well, you know, I don't, we don't have to, this isn't our responsibility, so we ignore it, right? There was a, there's a, um, uh, there's a place in Grand Haven, a very popular place called Pronto Pups. Uh, okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. They sell yeah. corn dogs. I'm not going to lie. They're, they're really, really good. Um, but uh, back in mid-pandemic times, so it was sometime in 2020, um, in addition to all the pandemic stuff, all the BLM things like were really, really hot button at that point. Not that they're not hot button issues, but you know, you had a lot of protests and things like that happening, right? Um, and this owner of this place accidentally posted this thing uh, to his public, I mean, to his business page, not his personal page. Uh, where he made a, a fairly racist rant. Oh, uh, I remember awful. that happening. Yeah. 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 So, um, but so all that stuff aside, right? I want to point out one smaller thing that kind of popped in. Like, so I immediately was like, I've been to that place a hundred times and I'll, I will never go again. I mean, the guy was, and then he came back and said, I don't remember. His excuse was like, don't misinterpret what I was saying. It's like, we're not. Like, you're clearly saying awful things. Yeah, but it anyways, was exceptionally aside, unsavory to say the least. Yeah. All that aside, he was complaining about the health department requiring them to wear masks and how that was stupid. Now, first of all, this business is about four foot by four foot. So you've got like two to three people in there, like basically hugging the entire time they're working. Right. And you mm -hmm. are like huddled up right to the window ordering from them. Right. And this was back when it was like things were required to wear masks. I mean, you just you were right. And he was like he was like, you know, this making us wear masks. This is so dumb. Um, like, I don't want to do this. And my initial thought, my wife and I were talking about it. And our first thought was if he won't wear a mask, like what, because he thinks it's stupid. Like what other health department violations are we making here? Right. Yeah. Right. What other concessions um, to, uh, yeah, to expediency right? and, and profit? Exactly. So, so when I had this conversation with this convention, uh, person, and they're super dismissive and uh, and, you know, acting this way like that's like it makes me think like what other things are you not taking seriously about this? Um, right. You know, that could be concerning, um, you know, the idea that like Gen Con is going to do temperature checks and stuff like that's not hard to do. And at a, at a smaller convention, I would argue it's even easier to do. You need yeah. less thermometers and less people to track it because you have less people coming in. Right. Um, and it's just easy. Right. It's just easy to do. Um, so, so anyways, um, yeah, I know you're a, you're a big personal responsibility, personal responsibility guy as I am and like that, just, you know, and not just not caring about your convention goers and stuff. That was rough. Like that just, that really, uh, it really stuck in my craw to say the least. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, look, uh, convention opportunities are, um, going to be slowly creeping back up. And, and mm -hmm. if your, if your desire to go to one has been quashed by a dismissive attitude coupled with, um, a lack of safety restriction, uh, that would be a, you know, a little twist of the knife, so to speak from a, you know, from an enthusiastic gamer perspective. Right. Right. So. Right. Yeah, no. And I mean, it certainly doesn't sour my, my opinion of all conventions, right? Like you see, in fact, it, it elevates these other ones where I'm like, oh, wow, you're trying really hard to do this correctly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to throw that out there because uh, you, you shared a lot of positive experiences. I thought, well, let's share one that wasn't so great. Sure. Um, so well, look, the one other thing I'll say is as, as one of the, because a lot of the big boys and girls have opted not to go. Uh, Grand Gamers Guild and many other publishers our size are super excited to have our chance to shine um, and gain yes, some ground yes. in, in, a, in a market that'll be a tiny bit less saturated. So Right, right. And, and I do think that, you know, a lot of those larger publishers had to make their decisions earlier on than they probably sure. wanted to. And frankly, we're going to risk 
substantial amount, right? I mean, some of those big publishers at Gen Con that have like, you know, 12 size booth spaces, right? And things like that, that are paying like, I can't even imagine how much money for those spaces. Um, if things went south, like that could be, you know, there's, there's that, um, there's that thing about like the bigger your company is in, especially in game design or anything, right? There's this feed the machine aspect of it, right? Where like, you must keep moving. You have to feed the machine, right? Totally. You have to have more. And one big hit like that um, can be the end of, of them, right? Right. Um, it's a tremendous so, expense. Perspective is everything. And right. um, yeah, I'm sure they had to plot and plan and um, much earlier than I started. And, you know, and, uh, right. and you know, they'll be back in the game, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you yeah. know, in 2022. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and also a lot of them, too, were going to have, you know, four times as many volunteers as you had to organize, which, again, is... Yeah, you know, a whole thing in of itself. You are exactly. fortunate to have like a nice crew of people you trust and work with, you know, and so that's good. Right. Well, hey, we're uh, running short on time here, but I wanted to give you the chance to uh, to talk about any uh, any game projects you have out there right now or coming up soon. Um, yeah, yeah. Sure. So I'll let me just go down the list real quick with a few minutes. Sure, we have sure, left. sure, sure. So um, Endangered New Species, fingers crossed, will be on both our shores and European shores in time for the convention season. Uh, nice. Pre-orders on that are closed, but um, Endangered, man, that is just a little engine that could. Thank goodness. Um, Thank, yeah, that's a great it's a great game by a great I'll, guy. So. Thanks. Aldabas closed up shop, but is still open for pre-orders for a little while longer. Um and then the other thing, the other two things that we're really pushing uh, right now is, and this is so goofy, you are welcome to laugh, but there is a local guy uh, who made some really amazing grilling axes. And I looked at his grilling axe and I said, hey, Dan, can we put a meeple on the end of that thing? And so, yes, I have 14 gauge brushed stainless steel meeple grilling spatulas that we are going to be selling over the convention season. They are so cool. And we're actually modifying the design so that the bottle opener on the back end is meeple shaped as well. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll probably have to, as somebody who grills a lot, I'm probably going to have to check one of those out. I, I did see those and they looked phenomenal. Well, yes. I like be a master at your gaming table and be a master at your grill, you know? So, <laughs> um, and then uh, the other thing we're really pushing that has been sort of soft announced is our holiday hijinks line of 18 yeah. card escape room games. Um, literally, so we have the Kringle Caper, um, we still have the Independence Incident, which will be, um, I guess a day old, so to speak, when this drops, but still open for pre-order and can still be played all year long. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not like you, I, I played, I played the, um, Kringle Caper, Kringle Caper well after Christmas. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, and then literally yesterday I got the cover for number three, the pumpkin problem. Uh, which is nice. obviously Halloween themed. And we plan to have that, uh, fingers crossed, at the conventions as well. We That's going to basically be our release. We'll be at the conventions. Um, that's fantastic. And what a cool little line of games that, you know, I mean, hopefully someday you've got enough of them out that you uh, put out like a little bigger version of all of them, like in a little library, like, you know. Well, we do have a plan, you know, because they're so tiny and low price point, the whole nine yards, um, the plan has been to... Um, just sell them direct straight from my website. Uh, but we will be moving them into distribution and we will also be, I mean, packaging them as you, as you say, we'll probably, uh, hopefully go to Kickstarter with a bundle, um, and really give them a platform That's great. That's that great. they haven't, uh, you know, just Kickstarter reaches a ton of people. I think a lot of people are going to be like, Oh, what is this thing? Um, and, yeah. And so, yeah, well, that's not what to we mention, got like with something like that, I mean, the first one, it's going to get some people's attention. It's going to do okay. The second one, if the first one did well, is going to do a little better, right? By the right. time you get to the fourth or fifth one, right? You've really got people's attention. And now they're like, well, I want the first three. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's like a snowball a rolling downhill. We should be gaining right. steam. And then I would those, be remiss. Oh, if I didn't mention okay. one other thing, sorry. Yeah. Um, we have the Belgian beers race coming with our partnership with BYR Games. Uh, we mm -hmm. expect Mythalix in our uh, partnership with Sunrise Game Studios to be ready for convention season. And then Roll Camera in partnership with Keen Bean Studios uh, also to be. So three games, three partnerships, um, another Fantastic. direction the guild continues to grow. 
Right, right. And then uh, I think I'm allowed to say this. Uh, we also have a game in development. Oh, uh, yeah, totally. That, uh, yes, that uh, Isaac and I signed with you a while back um, that is uh, being developed now, uh, working with an amazing developer. Um, and, and we've gotten to chat with them and we've really enjoyed that. Uh, and I, 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 for one, am really excited about the direction everything's going in and cannot wait uh, to see more of it. So, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, current project titled Fairywood. It is it is under development with uh, Breiger Creative, and it was uh, originally conceived as a uh, riff on the original Unreal Estate, uh, designed of course by you. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, th- it has evolved into its own creature, and I-, I couldn't be more excited about the direction it's taking. It has a, a unique drafting mechanic, uh, again riffing on the drafting from Unreal Estate. Right. Yep. And it is a uh, yeah, it's going to be spectacular. It's going to look spectacular. It's going to play spectacular. It's going to be, um, uh, yeah, just another real, real tentpole in the uh, entity that the guild is becoming. Yeah, and I can't, I can't wait. You know, uh, meeting with meeting with Bragger and, and finding out some of their plans. Like, uh, Isaac and I were just very excited. So, so at some point, I am confident I will have John on the show, John Bragger, to talk about the development of the game. Uh, once oh, that would be fantastic. Along. Because um, totally. I, uh, I would idea. love to have a professional developer come on and really, really talk through that. Uh, we did have Brenda Noonan on, uh, but she was more focused at that time. We had her talking about Kickstarter marketing. Um, so, yeah, we'll have John talk about developments. Um, yeah. Well, hey, man, I, I really appreciate you hanging out with me today. Uh, you did so on short notice uh, when I uh, had some scheduling stuff. Oh, come on. So I was really excited. We're recording on a Saturday morning again because... Uh, Mark available in the mornings, unlike most. That's people. right. So. That's right. Well, look, you know, when my first designer calls, we make it happen. We make I it appreciate happen. that. So. I appreciate that. So, um, well, hey, listeners, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you want to get in touch with us, of course, you can go to buildingthegamepodcast.com. There you can find our Discord channel. You can also email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. You can call us at 770-TELL-BTG. You can find us, of course, the best place to find us is on Twitter at podcast BTG at J a Slingerland Mark, which ones would you like to give out? Uh, best places to find me are grandgamersguild.com, where shortly before the con season, we will be putting up convention pre-order pages to make your shopping experience easier, faster, and with less exposure. Um, nice. as well as Facebook grand gamers guild and, uh, Twitter is also at grand gamers guild, drop all the vowels. One other thing I'll say that I try to put on every message I say these days as social media continues to limit our ability to reach the audience that says they want to hear us, please, please, please visit grandgamersguild.com and subscribe to the e-newsletter at the top of the page. Uh, that's it's where you're going to get, that's where you're going to get the information first. That's where you're going to get the information that the social media algorithm might not show you. So I appreciate right, it. Right, right. I can say that even as someone who does get inside information from time to time, I still sign up for the newsletter because it's got a lot of good information in there. So, so yeah, so check that out. Uh, and until next time, good night. Good night, everybody. Building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Dial 770-TELL-BTG. Please don't use the email.